The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap operas, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. This week, we're getting back to basics here on the show with a return to our regular format and a look at the juicy May Sweep storylines that are going to be playing out on all your favorite soaps during the month of May. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by a friend to the show, Richard Sims of Soaps in Depth magazine, and we'll talk about what stories soap fans won't want to miss in May. But I do want to let all of you know that because we're doing a regular May Sweep storyline, it doesn't mean that we've taken a detour away from supporting our soaps. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. So while you're listening to today's show, open up another browser window and check out our mini site, Support Our Soaps. It's at SoapCentral.com slash SOS for Support Our Soaps. SoapCentral.com slash SOS. There you'll find ways to let executives and advertisers and even other soap fans know how much the soaps mean to you. It doesn't matter which soaps you watch because now is the time to support the entire daytime community. And actually, that gives us a really good segue, I think, into today's show. Since May is one of those big sweeps ratings periods, you want to make sure that you tune into your favorite soaps all through May. And if you're one of those Nielsen families with the high-tech little box or the paper journals, you're definitely going to want to tune into the soaps every single day this month and make those ratings count. So let me bring on my co-pilot for today's show. He's been here several times before, and when I asked him back today, he said he was in like Flynn. That sounds great, except that neither one of us know who this Flynn guy is. Of course, I'm talking about the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back to Soap Central Live. <laughs> hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. As always, a complete pleasure. And, you know, let me tell you, if anyone in your audience is one of those Nielsen families, they should get in touch with both of us, because I'd love to talk to a Nielsen person. <laughs> you know, I've never met one in my entire life. It's like the abominable snowman or the Yeti or whatever you want to call it. I've... I've known people who say they know someone who's a Nielsen family, but I've never actually seen a Nielsen family member in the wild. I think they're an urban myth and that there's just, you know, this organization out there, this shadow organization that is controlling all of our destinies. And it's really just like five guys sitting in a room going, you know, I'm bored with all my children's stories. Let's kill it. So I'd love to talk to a Nielsen person. It sounds like, like IMDb or Wikipedia, just five people sitting around controlling everyone's <laughs> destiny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's been a couple of months since you've been here last. Uh, anything new and exciting in the world of soap since you were last on the show? <laughs> no, you know, it's great. It's, it's boring, you know? I mean, they're all at the top of their game, and they're all getting gangbusters ratings, and nobody's getting fired, and nobody has to worry about anything. It's been an awesome time. 
Of course, everybody out there, Richard and I will talk about the cancellation of All My Children or One Life to Live a little later in the show. But first, we need to get through all of this sweeping, maybe with a Hoover vacuum. I don't know. Uh, for those of you out there though, who want to participate in today's show, when we're talking about your favorite soap, please feel free to call in to 866-472-5788. Of course, it is a toll-free number, 866-472-5788. So while we're talking about what's coming up on your favorite soap, you'll be able to call in and tell us what you're looking forward to in the month of May. If for some reason you are afraid to call in, I'm not sure why you would be, but some folks are, you can also follow along on Twitter at Soap Central Live. You can tweet your thoughts. I'll try to read as many of them on the air as it comes up, and we'll let everybody out there know what you guys are interested in hearing, not just what Richard and I think are going to be the big stories. So, are you ready to get to it, Richard? I'm ready. All right. Something new uh, that we haven't done before is look at some of the new characters that are going to be coming up. And there appear to be uh, a bunch of new characters that are going to pop up in May. So let's go down the list alphabetically and maybe go back and forth and try to figure out which of these new characters we think are going to be interesting, have longevity, and, and all that other good stuff. So assuming that it's a new character and not someone that we already know, Erica's captor is going to be revealed in March. Do you think that this person has... Or maybe May. Or May. What did I say? Did I say March? Did <laughs> yes. I say February? I don't know what month it is. It's been a very rough time for me, Richard. Please don't make fun of me and my chronological problems. So how about in May? Uh, I don't... Yeah. In May, this captor is going to be revealed and it may be someone we know or it may be someone entirely new so without giving too much away until we get further into the show do you think this person has the potential to stick around for a period of time well not too long i mean the show's only around until <laughs> you know whenever i, I keep forgetting it's all relative <laughs> uh, so so um i do think that's going to be one of the things we talked about during the the all my children sweeps thing because it's, it's really one of the big big um stories in May, and I think it's going to be a little bit different than what anyone is expecting, or at least what most people are expecting, so um, let's, I'm going to table my opinion on that until the May sweeps, when I can talk a little bit more in depth about what, what that actually is. All right, let's move along to Days of Our Lives. We'll also, of course, be talking about this in depth, but there's a character, a one-name character, those always have uh, the potential to be interesting, but Quinn... Uh, what do we think about the potential for Quinn? Quinn is actually going to be um, someone who comes in and almost immediately has a an impact on the canvas. He he will um, he'll, he is connected to someone on the canvas. Um, uh, I I believe when they actually you know reveal the connection and all that that he will be someone that we actually know. I'm not 100 percent sure of that, but. Um, that we've at least heard of in the past. But more importantly, he's going to enter, his first interaction is going to pretty much tell you everything you need to know about him. And it's going to play into Chloe's story. His first, his first encounter on the canvas is with Chloe. And, um, what happens between them and sort of impact, sort of not only tells you what you need to know about him, but it also continues, you know, Chloe's been on a little bit of a downward spiral lately, and this is going yeah. to kind of play into that big time. So, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to have an impact. He's definitely a player. YNR has two characters that are going to be new. We have Sam, and then we have, 
I have to say Genevieve because my French teacher would kill me if I said Genevieve, uh, which is Kane's mom. So we have two new characters for the price of uh, one on YNR. Uh, which of these two characters do you think is going to be the most interesting? Well, I think it's interesting. I never really thought about it until right this second, but I think it's interesting that they named Jeannie's character <laughs> Genevieve. Um, that's going to just play with my head forever. Um, these, you know, both of them are connected to the big story about Kane's death and what really happened there. Um, because one is his sister and the other is his mom. And that, the great thing about that is that that means that Jeannie Francis is going to be playing, um, is going to be playing opposite Tristan Rogers, you know, so we're going to yeah. see, we're going to see them playing a formerly wed pair. And I'm really, really, really interested in seeing that. And I kind of have heard through the grapevine that, that we should look forward to a very interesting triangle quadrangle involving her. So it's not like she's just coming on and, you know, revealing what she knows and then leaving. So she should be a really good character. Sam, I know a lot less about, um, because, you know, as with almost everything involving Kane and his history, <laughs> it, it seems to change on a day-to-day basis. I thought he was dead, frankly, you know, but what do I know? <laughs> oh, you, have you been watching The Young, The Restless? Come on. <laughs> you thought he was dead? Come on. <laughs> no, I, no, I thought Sam was dead. I, thought, oh, I, oh. Thought that, I thought that they've told us in the past that Kane's sister, Sam, was dead and that they've repeatedly told us this. So, I don't know, maybe, I don't really know too much about Sam. For all I know, we may be seeing her in flashbacks. She, okay. she confuses me, um, and I'm easily befuddled. Well, let's hope you don't get too befuddled, because we're going to go right in now to our soap-by-soap soap breakdown of maybe three storylines or so that we think are going to be the most talked about. Uh, when Ooh. I was writing these, when these notes, I thought, we have one that's interesting, it seems for each soap, one that's really interesting, one that something is, is new and fans seem to be interested in, and the third one is the storyline that fans have been asking for the past six months, when is this one going to be over? So, let's start with All My Children. Of course, everybody out there, if you are an AMC fan, don't forget you can call in and share what you're looking forward to at 866-472-5788. And let's start off with Angie and Jesse and the baby swap. Richard? You know, I actually, I kind of think that Angie and Jesse and the Baby Swap are going to take a little bit of a backseat in May, to be honest, um, because there's so many other big things that are going on that I think that story is going to move very slowly in May. I don't really see it being a front burner story, which I'm actually okay with, because that means that I, I think they need, this story is a little bit cliched, it's a little bit, you know, kind of done to death. So I think it's something that needs Lorraine Broderick's input, and Lorraine's work won't have started airing yet. So fine, right. backburner it a little bit and wait until Lorraine can come in and give this story what it really needs. I think that what they are going to apparently start to focus on with Angie is this experimental uh, procedure that David is, is touting that could potentially restore her eyesight. And as we saw recently, Angie sort of decided that she wants to do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody else in her life wants her working with David, the guy who is the town pariah on anything, even if it does mean restoring her eyesight. Yeah, I'd kind of, if I was her family and friends, I'd be like slapping this woman left and right because, you know, he can't be the only doctor in the world who knows about this stuff. Um, and it just, to me, given everything that David has done historically, 
Um, it just makes no sense for me to get to, to trust him with something like this. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. That is something that presents a lot of conflict in the story. In that you know, whether it's Randy or or Jesse or Frankie, obviously they're all people who kind of want her to stay away from this. And plus, David's got other things going on this month, so David is going to play pretty big um, in in all in in May. And some of the other stories you said that might be taking uh, sort of a front seat to the baby swap, one of them is Kendall's plot to expose Ricky, who may or may not be a reverend, as a murderer, as uh, uh, everything other than being a reverend. That situation it kind of puts Kendall in the position that soap heroines often find themselves in, you know, like the, I am the only one who can do this. I'm the only one who can, you know, <laughs> clear everything that's happened, despite the fact that she knows cops and whatever, but it's going to, it's, she's going to have to decide how far she's willing to go in order to get the goods on him. And as a sort of a side effect of this, the whole situation puts Griff in a weird place because he's starting to realize just how much he really cares for the, the widow Slater. So, you know, you've got this, this potentially dangerous guy, and it's just me, I find it hard to picture Eddie Matos as being dangerous. He's just, he's just adorable. He's like a, little, a cute little thing. I find it hard. But he, he his, the danger that he represents is going to play very big in Kendall and Griff's future. Um, so there's that to, to look at. And it's not just Kendall that has some issues. Her mother has issues. Now, this is a storyline that I've seen you say on Twitter you don't particularly care for. I, on the other hand, am loving it. It's Erica being kidnapped by some creep who knows the intimate details of her bedroom and has everything exact, which creeps me out. It wouldn't matter if it was any other room, but, you know, duplicating your bedroom, that's the most personal of spaces that you have. It's very creepy. Very, very creepy. Oh, you have, you have issues. <laughs> thing um <laughs> well, that's a given me, the reason it's not that i don't it's not that i don't love this story it's that like several other stories on the canvas whether it's kendall's or angie's or erica's they're all very been there done that we've all seen the story where a soap heroine is held captive in a room that looks exactly like her bedroom frankly it's just a way not to build another set you know but i will say <laughs> that i I, I like what Susan Lucci is doing. I love that, that as we're heading into the final months of the show, you know, she's going to have this really, this big story that really puts her front and central. And for me, the really interesting thing about this story is less about Erica, but more about how Erica's absence from Pine Valley impacts those left behind. Because, you know, we're going to start seeing Crystal and Jack, who, I'm sorry, I've seen sparks flying between them for, for like a year now. And with Erica gone, and as far as Jack knows, you know, she just left him at the altar, basically. So right. Jack is hurting. Crystal is there. Um, we've got Caleb, who's trying to figure out the truth. And just shortly after Erica figures out kind of part of what's really going on, there'll be a huge event that puts people in danger and that takes this story in a whole new direction and that's when you're really going to see this story. It's, it's right around mid-May is when you're really, really going to see this story kick into high gear and move to the next level, which is where it has the potential to be a whole lot of fun. Because what's coming next is, um, you know, I don't want to say too much. There's been a lot of rumors. Right. Yes, those rumors are true. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And I think um, that's when the story will really kick in. 
Well, let's see what Kirk has to say about what he's looking forward to on All My Children. Kirk from North Carolina, you're on Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great comments earlier from uh, the gentleman. I don't know who, uh, where he was calling from, but um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would really like to happen, you know, on the show as it wraps up. But you know, one of the things that I'm I really hope happens is that, and I know this is going back a long way, but uh, I really would like to see um, Tom come back, who was played by Richard Schoberg, and yeah. uh, I think it would be great for Erica to kind of reassess you know, what her life would have been like had she convert, converted to, to Catholicism and not taken the pill and had five kids with him. I mean, I think that would be really fun to kind of see, you know, and basically also apologize for the way that she treated him. I think it would be fun for her to kind of just say, look, Tom, you know, you were a great guy, ex-football player. Um, you know, you really, you know, thought I was the best thing on the wor- in the world. And uh, but I really treated you pretty pretty badly. So uh, I thought it would be great if if Tom would come back and Erica would just kind of like, you know, kind of just put everything out on the table and say, look, you know, I treated you really bad, and uh, I think uh, you know I need to to apologize to you. That's you know a really like good uh, possible idea. Uh, you know what I like about that? There's two things that I really love about that. One, having Erica sort of you know, own the mistakes of her past right. shows growth in the character. And that's something that for many, many years we didn't see in Erica. We've seen more of it since she became a mother, but it's, it's something that, we, that would be a great thing. Plus, since Tom was, you know, really one of her first loves, it would bring the character full circle. She would be, you know, like, like from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, she, should, she sort of would have gone full circle. And, and that would be a really nice, you know, little, little bow tie. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I want to thank you. Thank you, Kirk, for calling in with that. We're going to move on to the bold and beautiful, but I want to thank you for being our AMC viewer of the week. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. All righty, Richard, we're going to uh, stay out west here with the bold and the beautiful. And, you know, one of the things that I really love is when Stephanie is being Stephanie. And, you know, <laughs> granted, there's been some health issues. She hasn't been able to be herself lately, but... In May, it looks like the Stephanie that we all know and love is going to make sort of a, a resurgence and, and let her presence be known. Okay, let me tell you, I am a tremble with excitement about The Bold and the Beautiful these days. I, <laughs> okay. It, 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 it is doing what I want a good soap to do. It's, you know, this, this whole story with Brooke and Thomas and crashing on the island and all that. Okay, on the one hand, it's, very, it's a cliche, you know, it is. We've seen it a thousand times. But what they're doing right is we care about the characters, we care about the impact, it's having an impact all across the canvas, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Bold and Beautiful, they threw a little bit of money at it. We went into a big tank and made it look like the ocean, and, and, and we saw them, and we see them on an actual island. And mm-hmm. that, that, this story is really kind of the only story in May, but that's okay because it impacts the whole canvas. The, what we're going to see in May is sort of the fallout of what happens on the island. And for me, what's really interesting about it is it's going to be sort of a question of did they or didn't they? You know, we saw today's episode, they ate those berries and they got a little nuts and we saw technicolor rainbows. And, you know, it was like <laughs> at one point in today's episode, I thought, oh, my God. 
Charlie slipped LSD into my dinner, <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome and it was fun and it's going to kick off this story. And what's great about this story is that it has an impact all across the canvas because you've got Bill and Steffi who are going to bond as they're on this, this search for her, for, for, um, for her brother. Then back home you've got Katie who's like questioning her whole marriage and does she want to continue with it. You've got Ridge and Taylor who are kind of, you know, bonding over the, their, their missing son. You've got Stephanie who, let me just tell you, when Stephanie finds out that her granddaughter is Gaga for Bill, that's not going to go well. I mean, it's bad enough that Stephanie is interested in a married man, but that for it to be Bill of all people, Stephanie is not going to be having any of it. So there's just, you know, so many different characters on the canvas who this one incident will impact, and the real fun will come home, will be when they come home, and, you know, let's face it, they took some hallucinogenic berries. There's going to be a big question of what they remember, and, and, and you know, and, and is, is, there, is what they remember accurate? So this is going to be such a fun story. I cannot wait. What I like about all of this is that so many things are tied in together. You know, they, they talk umbrella stories, they talk, they have a lot of terms for it, but one of the things that soap fans seem to really want is for this all of everything to be interconnected. It makes no sense to have people on the show who've never seen each other. And this is this storyline here, it's going to sort of bring everyone into a central fold and interconnect and have the back and forth. And that's what's keeping the Bold and the Beautiful fans happy. I agree. I think the Bold and the Beautiful gets in trouble when it expands its canvas too far beyond the families that we know. For example, you know, we introduced the whole Jones family, and other than Oliver, who's very heavily involved in the Hope-Liam story, which, by the way, is also going to be very largely impacted by this, you know, Aggie, she was, they brought Sarah Joy Brown on for basically one story, to tell the story of her rape and how it affected Hope and all that, and then after that, she's and to be the surrogate, and after that, she's kind of vanished. Whip ran down the aisle with Taylor, and apparently, once they got married, he kept running out the door because he almost never shows up anymore. So, so you know, really, B and B is at its best or its worst, depending on depending on how you feel about the Forrester family. When it focuses on the Forrester family, you know, that's that's the bread and butter, and that's what this story basically focuses on is them and and sort of works outward to the various people that they're connected to on the canvas. Well, let's move on to Days of Our Lives before we have to take our half-hour break here. I mentioned at the top there are storylines that people are interested in, that people like, and then there's the one that people can't wait for it to be over. And I think for Days of Our Lives... stories on Days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've managed to narrow them down on some. The one that it seems to me that people are sort of waiting for it to be over is Rafe 2, fake Rafe or Faith, whatever you want to call it. But he, it's finally going to sort of come to at least a part of an end. He's going to be exposed sometime in May. And will that be the end of it, though? Or is Faith going to stick around throughout the rest of the year? Robo Rafe is almost done. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, what's the point in, and this is true of any doppelganger story. What's the point of a doppelganger story if at some point there isn't some kind of switch other than the original? And so I think there's another twist yet to be told here because, you know, think about it. Once 
once robo-rape is exposed as an imposter, there's still a lot of questions to be answered as far as, you know, getting getting revenge for, you know, Sammy is going to be furious when she figures out what's going on. So what's the best way to get revenge? Well, maybe by using real Rafe as if he was robo-Rafe and sending him into the Demera mansion and trying to figure out what's going on. So Ooh. I think you're going to see one last kind of twist in the, in the saga of robo-Rafe. That's a whole lot of names for one character. We have robo-Rafe, Rafe 2, <laughs> fake Rafe, Faith. Uh, let's go on to another character that's had more than one name, and it's Quinn, who we talked about at the top of the show. Quinn uh, went by another name. I can't think of what it was off the top of my head, but in the casting calls. And this is the hot guy in the bar that Chloe is going to have some interactions with. And it's a case of mistaken identities, I would say, to say the least. Well... If by that you mean that when Chloe wakes up in the morning and there's money on her nightside table because the guy thought she was a hooker, then, yeah, that's definitely a case of mistaken identity. That's basically how they introduce the character. And, you know, poor Chloe. (laughs) Poor, poor Chloe. It's not enough that that her hot, you know, one-time lover took her baby and left town. It's not enough that she's a raving drunk. Now she's getting mistaken for hookers. I mean, come on, poor girl. Oh, but the problem with that is, I mean, come on, we have a lot of listeners on this show. A show of hands out there, who among us has not at one time been mistaken for a hooker? Okay. Uh, nobody's saying anything on Twitter. <laughs> there are no comments. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just keep it moving and maybe go on to uh, a better love story with Maggie and Victor. I know that a lot of people really enjoy this pairing, but it hasn't quite gone the way that fans have wanted it to. But there is some comfort for them that during the course of May sweeps, they may finally get what they've wanted to see, a happy union. Well, Maggie and Victor are, they are without doubt my favorite couple on the show right now. There's a lot of couples that I like who sort of are circling each other, but they're not really together. But Maggie and Victor, um, for them, they're about to reach a major, major, major turning point because, you know, these are two people who couldn't be more different if they tried. And the question for them is, how do they get past that? You know, like something has to happen in order for them to move to the next stage. And that's going to happen. You know, there's going to be sort of this awakening moment. But the question is, you know, how much can that moment be trusted and how much, you know, how, how much will one of them be willing to change for the other? And, and will it really, you know, once, once they do, you know, there's a very famous line. I love you. You're perfect. Now change. If you fall in love with somebody because of who and what they are, and then they become something different, you know, is the spark still there? So I think that'll be the question moving forward as they finally, finally, finally kind of come to a point where they realize something's got to give. Well, we have time for a quick call before we take our half-show break. We have Sarah from Nevada. Sarah, you're on Soap Central Live with me and Richard. Hello. How are you today? All right. So you're calling about Days of Our Lives. Let me ask you, what story are you looking forward to playing out during May Sweeps? Maggie and Victor. So what about these two do you uh, enjoy watching? It's like... An old-fashioned love story that has taken its time, and you don't see that too much, as much as you might want to. 
on the soaps and in the real world, I think. That's uh, probably one of the reasons why this royal wedding was such a big deal, is because you get to see this love story play out over time. And Can you think of another story, Sarah, that you've been, since you've been watching Days, that you think is uh, sort of similar in the way that it's gone along, or is this something completely unique? I think it's unique. Let me ask you a question more important. Is there a story that is not playing that you would like to see? And I think I know the answer. It's pretty much everybody's answer. Um, Maybe not hers, though. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Is is there anything, Sarah, though, that you'd like to see on days that isn't taking place? Maybe a character, a love, a storyline, a relationship, someone you want to see come back? Well, I think I would like to see, in general family value, you know, something about families, you know, the past in some way. You know, I can tell you that that that's one thing that you will be seeing in the in the not too distant future. Days is a show that kind of is pretty good at recognizing when they've gotten off track. They get off track a lot. So it's weird to me that they're constantly able to recognize when they've got off track and yet they don't see it when it's happening because it happens every year or so. But they they really kind of I think realize that and one of the things you're going to see is later in May you're going to start to see Bo and Hope playing into more stories. You're going to see them kind of like working on gelling their family unit. And the other story that's kind of, you know, focused on family in a certain regard is you're going to see the Daniel, Jen, Carly story fold out. And and when I say that's a family story, the reason I mean that is, you know, Daniel and Jen are dating, but Carly is the mom of his child, and Jen is, is, is Carly's best friend. And Carly obviously has feelings for Daniel. And so it's very complicated. And, you know, your your friends are like your family. And you're going to see this really complex relationship develop where, you know, how do Jen and Daniel react to the fact that Carly is spiraling out of control and Carly clearly needs to lean on Daniel right now? That's a really, you know, kind of relatable, complex situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be something that really plays heavily as we, you know, not only in May, but as we move into the summer. Well, you mentioned the show getting off track. We're a little long for com- uh, taking the commercial. So, Sarah, I want to thank you for calling in and being part of the show. Oh, thank you. And for everybody out there, I'll be back with more of Richard Sims from Soaps in Depth magazine after we have a few hallucinogenic berries and take a commercial break. So stay tuned. <laughs> Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who 
and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. It's been so many weeks since we've taken a commercial break that I forgot what it was like. Uh, but I'm back, and I'm joined again, of course, by Richard Sims of Soaps In-Depth Magazine. Richard, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we are three up, three down, three left to go. Let's move on to General Hospital. And first of all, because I know so many fans have been waiting for Lisa Niles to get what's coming to her, there's a glimmer of hope. It looks like she's gotten to the end of the plank she's uh, i'm running out of analogies and that was only one but let's just say that her time of craziness she's going to finally get what's coming to her at least maybe not as much as fans want but she's going to finally get what's coming to her the problem with lisa and the problem with you know sort of dealing with a crazy person is if you get revenge against them do they come back harder than they did before? You know, you know that this happens a lot on General Hospital. Look at Anthony Zakara, who's back and you know looking for more. But what I, from the beginning, have sort of needed to see from this story is Robin and Patrick working as a cohesive unit to bring her down, to bring Rob, uh, to bring Lisa down, and that's sort of one of the big stories that we're going to see in in May is. Lisa not being quite as smart as she thinks she is, and for once, Robin and Patrick actually being the smart people in this story and sort of working together to get her. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. I I forget that crazy people don't necessarily have the most rational responses uh, (laughs) to to things. So you're absolutely right. When you back someone into a corner who's crazy, who's to say that they're not going to come back even crazier than before, which... Makes me wonder a little bit about someone else who I don't think is is being honest with what's going on in the world, Suzanne. 
and there's a baby, and now the baby that Sonny didn't really want, and Brenda, now she's got the baby. Is it really the baby that she thinks it is? What's going on here? There's a whole lot of stuff going on with this little Lucifer baby, <laughs> little Lucian. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't they didn't choose that very demonic-sounding name by accident. <laughs> um, that was a very purposeful decision on their part. And I think the important thing to say here is some a lot of times viewers of General Hospital are way smarter than the characters on the show, and this is one of those cases. Because if you remember, from the moment Suzanne showed up, Suzanne, who Sonny and Brenda have no reason to trust whatsoever, from the moment she showed up, fans said, um, hi, take that child and have him tested for, D- you know, to run a DNA test on him. And, you know, for whatever reason, stupidity, the two of them never did. Um, and that's going to really come into play. And And as May goes on, this situation is going to get more and more dangerous because um, there are secrets that are out there and there are things to be hidden. And, you know, um, one of the things that's kind of interesting about it is at a certain point, Sonny and Brenda are going to find themselves at opposite ends of this because Sonny makes a decision that involves Carly, of course, and Mm -hmm. it's not going to go down well with Brenda. Um, So, and all of this has to do with little little Lucian Lucifer devil baby. So yeah, there's big, big stuff in May revolving around that. And you know, you talked about making decisions that don't go over well with other people. It looks like Michael, just what General Hospital needs, more mob-related stuff, it, Michael's making some really bad decisions. He's in love, and he's got a whole bunch of stuff going on in his head, and now we have Anthony Zakara back into the mix, and it just it doesn't look good. Frankly, Michael needs to go back in and have another brain operation. You know, I know they got the bullet out, wow. out of the coma and all that, but this boy, you know, this is this is typical General Hospital. I have been raised among the mob. I have seen everyone around me either killed or kidnapped. I've been shot in the head and spent, you know, what seemed like a year, but apparently was 18 years in a coma, and yet... What am I going to do? I'm going to go in the mob. And if my dad won't let me go in his mob, well, luckily there's this other guy over here who, yeah, sure, my dad hates me. It'll probably cause a mob war, but I'll just go hang out with him. (laughs) Michael, Michael, Michael. So, yeah, that's very big. And, you know, it's not hard to see that that as Michael gets closer to um, the Zakaras, and, you know, clearly Anthony is setting a trap here. And this is mob war waiting to break out. So yeah. it's, it seems safe to say that bullets will end up flying because, well, it's Port Charles. And if a week goes by and someone doesn't pull out a gun, it's not General Hospital. Well, before we move on to One Life to Live, I want to read a tweet from Tweety Pie 2011. Tweety Pie says, I'm very excited for the Ethan-Christina-Maya triangle. It should be good because Christina doesn't give up, just like Alexis. So... That seems to be maybe someone who's looking for one of these younger skewing storylines that soaps say that we want to see. Uh, so here's a, an example now with Tweety Pie wants to see this. What are your thoughts, Richard? I think, you know, I can't say that I love that I that story because I have a problem with Ethan who is, you know, yes, he's older, but that's not really my problem with the story. The problem is that this is a girl who clearly has issues, clearly has problems. She accused him of attacking her. Um, you know, there's there's a lot there. And I've never really, ever since that happened, I've never really bought that he would hang around and be her friend because it, it just it just doesn't ring right to me. I know there's a lot of Ethan and Christina fans out there. 
So, you know, um, clearly they, you know, like the characters and like the chemistry between the actors enough that they can kind of ride it and go with it. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with it. The other, the other thing here is we have to get Maya back on the canvas because, of course, right. Robert Trayer, whose name I cannot pronounce, is off filming a, uh, the Charlie's Angels pilot. Um, you know, on the canvas, they have explained that she's off in Philadelphia um, helping her, uh, dealing with a family emergency. But, um, but, but we have to bring her back on the canvas before we can move forward with this. I will say that there is stuff coming up with Ethan and Christina because, you know, um, unless it's already happened, I get a little confused sometimes. But there's the prom coming up, and, you know, she needs a prom date. So, um, but what's interesting is Christina is getting roped into Lisa's plot, and that's actually going to have a bigger impact because people are going to start looking at Christina differently, not realizing that she's kind of been secretly duped into unwittingly being part of Lisa's plan. So there's a lot of Christina stuff coming up. I'm going to have to uh, maybe go check in on Maya since she's here somewhere in Philadelphia. I'll drop by and make sure she and her family are, are doing okay. But yeah, let's move on. Ever gonna get Zoe, ask her if she's ever going to get Zoe and bring her to Port Charles like we've been hearing for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I'll, I'll go over with, a, with a, a cake or something. Let's move on to One Life to Live. We have... Uh, we have, of course, Todd's going to emerge from the coma. He's going to find out that Jack has been a jackass and all the stuff that he's been up to. Then we have the potential for some Todd mania with Roger Howard returning. Is he Todd? Isn't he Todd? Who's Todd? What's Todd? Uh, so let's start off with our our two Todds. That, you know, that is the story that, you know, not, not, not surprisingly, the show is being incredibly tight-lipped about. Um, and it's the story that I'm most, Interested in, but also most concerned about. Because, you know, if you bring Todd on the canvas and say, oh, yes, this is the real Todd, it, you know, this other guy is actually an imposter, the problem with that is it, it negates the entire story in which this Todd held Marty hostage and wanted to recreate, you know, wanted to kind of like make good um, uh, on the fact that he had raped her and all this. That whole story mm-hmm. makes no sense if that's true. So, so I'm really not sure, you know, what they're, what they're doing here. And I guess that's good. I like a little mystery. I like when I can be caught off guard by a soap as long as it makes sense. And this being Ron Carlovati, I'm willing to give him a lot of rope because, you know, he has proven himself to be a very good storyteller. So hopefully they've got something really awesome, you know, in mind for this. Yeah, I mean, there are the so other, many scenarios. The other, option, uh, the other option is, I'm sorry, I forgot this, but the other option is, you know, it, it could actually be that he just, that, that when Todd wakes out of his coma, uh, it's, the, it's the other guy. They just, you know, they're just recasting, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it could be. I don't think it is, but that could be. The role of Todd Manning will now be played by Roger Howarth. I miss those exactly. voiceovers. <laughs> exactly. It could now, be. That'd be interesting. Now, you like the the surprises. And, of course, everybody loves surprises on the soaps. I know I do. But I also like, as I've said to the, the annoying annoyment of, of people uh, out there, I'm sure, I love crazy soap chicks. So whether this annoys you guys or not, Marty is spinning into some sort of crazy madness. But... When it gets good is when other people are in danger, and Marty is going to put at least two lives, I would think, uh, on the line here, sort of in jeopardy, and that to me is, is must-see television. I love 
crazy, Marty. <laughs> um, Susan Saybrook has been so underutilized, except for the rape man story. I, you know, after that, it, it's almost like they brought her back. They played the rape man story, and they thought, oh, geez, we got a really kind of controversial reaction to that. So maybe we'll just back burner Marty for the rest of her stay. I love Susan Haskell, and I, my favorite scene of the last couple of weeks was when Natalie ripped up the the paternity results and threw them up and and. Marty literally cackled. She threw her hair back and she cackled like the Wicked Witch of the West. And I was like, yes, we're in crazy town. I love crazy town. But today, Marty's going to go from crazy town to out and out lunacy. Um, There is huge, huge stuff coming up in May um, revolving around Marty and, you know, sort of, she goes from right now where she's being a little manipulative and a little bit crazy. She goes all out. Um, um, we're gonna. There will be blood. There will be um, you know chases. There will be there will be babies in danger. There will be women in danger. There will be men in danger. Marty is let's just say going out with a bang. Ooh, see there, everybody. Now everybody's going to run to the message boards and and try to figure out what that means. So, but everybody, stay tuned because we've got more for the soaps before you head off to the message boards. Uh, one of the other things that someone is asking here, we have uh, Enrique VB Junior or Jr. Is it true that Jessica is going to get another altar? Uh, the answer is yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. She's getting another but altar. And do we know the say- name? What? Do we have a name? I was thinking the only other one left is Mess. It'll be, you know, the one that has a little dust cloud that follows her around uh, like Pigpen um, and Snoopy. You know, I do know the name. I don't think I'm allowed to say, although <laughs> if you look into, if you look, if you think about the fact that Jess is her mother's daughter and you think about the various personalities that, um, that Vicky has had, um, there's one particular type that's missing and that's exactly what is about to hit. And, there are some scenes that I just read. Um, I just read the sort of breakdowns about, and I cannot wait to see them because I am picturing in my head just how much fun Bree Williamson is going to have playing them, and I cannot wait to see them. They're going to be awesome. All right, so let's move on before we run out of time to the young and the restless. Mariah Carey had visions of love. Lily has visions of Cain. We have Jeannie Francis as. Genevieve, or Genevieve, <laughs> if you will. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. I, I guess so many people for so long have, have been up in arms that Daniel Goddard was fired from The Young and the Restless, and now it turns out that he's just another in the long line of possibly maybe not deads. Or I, I think that's one of the funniest stories of the year is, is you know, really – he was only off screen for like a week, you know? I mean, they shot him and, you know, a week or so later, Lily started seeing visions of him and, and, you know, he, he hasn't gone anywhere and he's not going anywhere. There's, there's big, big story. Um, and it involves Lily's visions and it's about to get kind of creepy and it's going to get, it, there's, there's one particular twist that actually <laughs> in a weird way weirds me out. Um, but there's so much to this. And then, of course, you need some, there's got to be something big that happens to tie it all together. And that's when Genevieve, or however you say it, that's when she will <laughs> enter. Because she clearly, you know, she is playing Kane's mom. And that's a really important role right now because she's going to be able to answer some of our questions. But let me tell you this. When you think you know all the answers to this story, there's like 
at least two big twists coming up that you don't know, and they're kind of brilliant and stunning. I am not, a lot of people know I'm not a huge fan of Lillian Kane. I never was, but I'm kind of looking forward to this story because, first of all, it involves Tristan Rogers and Jeannie Francis, and, you know, how can you go wrong with them? But also because the twists in this story, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they pull this off. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I wonder if it involves Whoopi Goldberg summoning someone's dead husband in a seance. That would be amazing. Maybe uh, Julia Pace. No, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody on soaps who watches, we love the weddings and we love affairs. And The Young and the Restless is going to have both of those. We have Ashley and Tucker going to, they're planning the wedding, but, you know, we have Abby who isn't really particularly thrilled. And then we have Victor. And Diane, who are married, but a lot of people still want to see Victor and Nikki together. So let's start off with that one. Victor and and Nikki, are they gone forever, or do we think that maybe they can rekindle something? Y&R is about to make me just very, 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 very happy. Anyone who knows me knows that I love Victor and Nikki because they're basically the heart and soul of Genoa City's, you know, and the Young and the Restless. Every soap needs a couple like them, but not many soaps still do. They're a very classic, old-style couple who... Even when they're apart, you know they want to be together. Well, the fact that that he is married to Diane, you know, Diane, sorry, you can't stand between these two. But what's interesting is that this time, Nikki is sort of in the position of being a mistress. You know, how long is Nikki going to put up with that? And, you know, then you've got Diane on the other side who, let's face it, in this version of Diane, they've pretty much made clear is a money grubber. She's a gold digger, and she has a prenup, so she's not about to let go of Victor very easily. So it kind of becomes a question of how far will Diane go in order to make sure that she and her son Kyle get to keep living the lush life. At the same time, you've got the Ashley Tucker stuff, which, you know, they're moving toward their wedding, and... Abby, Abby kind of is going to become, well, the best word, to, the best word that comes to mind is irrational. She's really going to just kind of lose it where this is concerned. She does not trust Tucker, and she, she really, really, really wants to show her mom that this guy is not right for her. But as is often the case when girls who go by nicknames like the Naked Heiress <laughs> try and do things... <laughs> It's gonna go awry. You know, I'm, you know, she, she has the best of attentions, but we all know where that road leads and it will lead there. And I think the, I think the build up to Ashley and, and, um, Tucker's wedding is gonna be some really, really incredible stuff. So, um, uh, you know, I like that couple. I don't feel like they've played them enough and I wish they would play them more. Well, I'm about to get my wish. There's like such big stuff coming up for them. All right. Well, we are almost to the end of the show, so I want to make sure that we do a quick flashback. If you had to pick three of the stories that we talked about as the must-see stories for May Sweeps, which three would you pick? Hmm. I would definitely pick Bold and Beautiful. Um, I think I think the whole fallout from what's going on with Brooke and all that, yeah, Brooke and Thomas, is major. Surprisingly, I would actually pick One Life to Live. I mean, uh, All My Children, because. Just because of some of the stuff I have heard, the rumblings, and you've all heard them too about where this Erica story is going, I, I want to see it. You know, I want to. I, I love Susan Lucci, so I'm really interested to see how this plays out. And probably, if I my third, I guess I would have to say One Life to Live, just because at like you, I love a crazy chick. 
<laughs> well, for me, I've picked three. I'm trying to uh, keep them spread out. Uh, I've got just the return of, of Roger Howarth because I think so many people have wanted this for so long that I think just in general it's going to get more eyeballs to One Life to Live. And whether or not that makes a difference to anything that's been decided already, there's nothing wrong with more fans tuning into a soap. I also picked the All My Children Erica's Kidnapping just because I love a good kidnapping and I love the creepiness of it. But I've also picked the arrival of Jeannie Francis on The Young and the Restless because, again, here's someone who soap fans love and they want to see her. She's obviously not going back to General Hospital for, to play Laura. So I think that The Young and the Restless, again, is going to get some more eyeballs. It's interacting with characters that fans already like. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be the way to go. But we have about two minutes, Richard, and I want to give you the chance to talk on two rumors that are out there. The first is General Hospital will be canceled in 2012, and the second is that Sony is thinking about buying All My Children and One Life to Live. You only have about a minute, and I know that's not enough time, but I wanted to let you address them. Okay, um, real quick, I, you know, I don't believe that it's been written in stone that General Hospital is in trouble, but I do believe that that is very much in the making. I think, I think um, there's no reason not to believe it. You know, you can't turn to ABC and ask them for confirmation because, as they've proven, they won't tell you. They'll just lie to you. Um, so I do believe that General Hospital is in danger, and, of course, the only way to change that is to get the ratings up. As far as the rumor about them buying shops, I want to believe it, but I don't necessarily believe it because in this market I have a really hard time understanding why anyone would do it unless they have a plan that we're completely unaware of that would involve like budget slashes and which is fine with me slash the budgets cut the show down to a half hour just keep them on the air i don't care what you have to do i hope that one's true but i just have trouble believing it well richard i want to thank you for coming back again today to chat with us and since we're coming up on the Emmys. I'd also like to invite you back to be part of the Emmy panel. I think I said that the last time you were here, I'm going to make you stick to it and come back and help us pick winners and, and chat about all things Emmys uh, in, I guess, just uh, about not even two months. Awesome. I suck at that. So you will, you will definitely do better than me. We'll have a bet. <laughs> we'll have a bet on who picks the most winners. And trust me, bet, bet like a million dollars because you will win. <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. Even though I watch the Emmy reels, I, I never pick. I don't know what people think of when they vote. So uh, we'll have to do that. And of course, everybody out there, you'll be able to partake in our yearly Emmys prediction. We'll have more information about that on SoapCentral.com as the Emmy date approaches with the nominations and all of that other good stuff coming up in May. But for those of you out there, if you've missed any part of today's show or just want to hear it again, head on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all sorts of listening options for this and every other edition of Soap Central Live. There are something like 68 episodes of the show now, so you can go back and listen to how everything started and where we're at today. But until then, I'll be watching the soaps. You should, too. So join us again next week for more Soap Talk on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live. 
on the Voice America Variety Channel.